We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Everyone and welcome back to another episode of a pack a day podcast wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making us part of your day my name is nick schmitz i will be your host for today and um you know we're moving into getting really close to june now news is looking better in most places even if it's 10 percent capacity uh Things are moving in the right direction, hopefully, for life in general and specifically the sports world. I know baseball, basketball, they're having conversations about when they're going to be starting, hopefully soon. If you're a NASCAR fan, you've already gotten something back. Golf is coming back this weekend, I believe. So lots of good things to look forward to. Um, We're making it through this, uh, and we're doing it together, and... Hopefully the Pack-A-Day podcast each day, even if it's just the short half hour that it is, hopefully it's bringing you some comfort, something to look forward to. We really hope that we're giving you something to look forward to each and every day, and we really, uh, we're really appreciative to be able to do that with you guys each and every day here. So once again, thank you for tuning in today, and I want to bring in Maggie and Jacob. They are joining me once again, as always, this week, and uh, this week we were... 
as always, kind of struggling with topics as it is that time of year, but we had some good suggestions come in on Twitter, and so today we are going to be talking about our personal favorite Packers memorabilia that we own, and uh, we'd also like to know from you guys, the listener, you know, I'm sure all of you have some type of Packers memorabilia that you, you know, really like. Maybe it's like what Jacob has behind him, a framed, signed Aaron Rodgers autographed jersey. Maybe that's what you have. Maybe it's a Brett Favre jersey. Maybe it's like Maggie with a framed BJ Rachi jersey. Whatever it might be, uh, you've got something cool of Packers memorabilia. Let us know about it on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. If you have pictures, even better. Uh, that way we can uh, share. Jacob, Maggie, and I, we will all make sure to take pictures of ours and share it on Twitter. So, again, at Packaday Podcast, you can tweet that, or you can tweet it individually at each of us, Jacob, Maggie, and myself. Again, though, as I've said in the past, you might be wasting your time with me. <laughs> but, um, and we have a brand new name for our show, specifically. It is being dubbed Maggie and the Two Dumbs. We'll let you figure out who the two dumbs are. And, um, yes, Maggie would also like us to let you know that she did not coin this. And it's probably <laughs> at that point pretty obvious who came up with the name. So, Maggie, Jacob, welcome back. It's good to be back with you guys again this week. And so, talking about favorite Packer memorabilia, as I can visually see as we do this, uh, I can see Quite a bit of memorabilia in the background of both of your guys' places. I am lame and don't have anything up behind me, but good thing the listeners can't see that. Uh, but So, interesting topic. Lots of good stories. So, Jacob, I'll just start with you. Um, you've got lots of it. What's your favorite piece? And kind of give us some background and some stories, even though people, again, like I said, can't visually see what's behind you right now. Uh, just give us a little bit of insight into all the memorabilia you have. Sure. So first and foremost, Nick, the teddy bear that is in the background is something my daughter <laughs> would absolutely love. So that is not nothing. Uh, to answer your question specifically, uh, a little while ago, I started, well, I've always, I've had a, I've had a Brett Favre jersey since I was in high school. I got one of those stitched on, uh, sewn on numbers. I think they, they used to call them authentics. They call them something else now. Um, my dad got me one of those when I was in high school. Uh, fun fact, when he signed with the Vikings, I was looking for it so I could try and burn it. And thankfully my dad hit it because otherwise I wouldn't have it anymore. Obviously uh, I got that one signed. And then I bought the Rogers one when he became the starting quarterback uh, and eventually got that one signed. And then the only thing I needed to complete my collection was one of Bart Starr. So uh, I purchased that uh, by the time I started really looking for it and having the means and the ability to find it. Um, Star wasn't signing autographs anymore. So that was kind of sad in that way, but my favorite piece of memorabilia is actually related to all three of those. And it's the photo. Um, and I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. It's the picture that they took Thanksgiving Day when they enshrined Favre's number uh, and retired his number. So Brett Favre, Bart Starr, and Aaron Rodgers in one photo. And that's right behind me, as Nick and Maggie can see here. And the reason that it's my favorite is actually because I didn't buy it. Uh, at the time, when I got the photo, I was still single and working uh, as an activities director at a nursing home and just kind of living that bachelor's life, if you will. But I was talking to uh, a woman at the time and we'd gone out on a couple dates, but nothing was official or anything like that. And she had started to get to know me a little bit. And anybody who gets to know me 
very quickly figures out that it, I mean, it's God, it's family and the green Bay Packers. Those are my priorities. 100%. I took that Vince Lombardi quote absolutely to heart. Um, and I had mentioned, I had kind of started talking to her about Aaron Rodgers and uh, Brett Favre and what that meant and Bart Starr and his, you know, greatest Packers quarterback in team history and Aaron Rodgers that he was in the midst of the, that was the run the table season. So MVP level quarterback play. Uh, when she had found it. And one day on my doorstep, this picture was in a box. And I, I honestly didn't really know what to say. I don't believe we were dating at the time when she bought it. Uh, so I often joke with her that she tried to buy my buy my love and affection. And uh, we've been married for almost two years this October. So it worked. Um, <laughs> I, I often say she knows the way to my heart and it's green and yellow. So that is my personal favorite piece of memorabilia. I can obviously walk you guys through all the other stuff, but uh, we can kind of get through some of that as the show goes on. I think if I did it all right now, the show might be 10 minutes long. So um, the picture of those three, though, it's great. Um, I have as much stuff of it as I can find. It's so rare, and we're so lucky as fans of this franchise to have arguably three of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in NFL history – one of them for sure. One of them is the highest rated postseason passer in NFL history. That's Bart Starr. One of them is the highest rated passer in NFL regular season history. That's Aaron Rodgers. And then obviously Brett Favre is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And the reason, honestly, that I'm a Packers fan because I grew up idolizing Brett Favre. So, I mean, it's hard not to get nostalgic. It's hard not to be. I often say it's it's kind of hard not to. How can you not be romantic about football? If, especially if you're a Packers fan and just have all this rich history and all this stuff you can look back to. So that picture really is a reminder of everything that this team has stood for, for the last 70 years or so. And hopefully, you know, into the into the future here, maybe one day I'll have to figure out a way to find a picture with, unfortunately, star wouldn't be in it, but Favre Rogers and Jordan love. So, um, but it's, it's a great picture. And like I said, I love it. And I love that, uh, my wife bought it for me before we were even dating. So ladies, if there's a man that you would like to get the attention of, buy him stuff. Ladies, That's don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't actually do, <laughs> don't do that. that. It, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work for a lot of people. And honestly, you probably don't want to do that anyways. But it worked. Good for her. She knows me. There you go. Well, uh, Maggie, uh, what about you? I, I, know, I can see lots of memorabilia. I'm sure there's even more that we can't see. Yeah, I think this was hard. And like Jacob said, I'm sure we'll talk about all the different stories that go with a lot of the pieces as the show goes on. But if I had to think about my favorite piece, it would probably be I have a Hall of Fame mini helmet. um, And I got to meet Jerry Kramer and have him sign that right before like two weeks before I went to go see him inducted in Canton. And I remember uh, when he was a finalist. Uh, one of my best friends had just gotten engaged and we were on the train back from Chicago waiting to see the results. And it was really late. And I was like refreshing my phone and I found out that Jerry Kramer got inducted and I'm not a crier, but I almost cried, (laughs) which, uh, you know, it was a very special day for a number of reasons. My best friend had found her wedding dress. Um, It was like a really special memory to share that with her. And then being on the train really late at night and seeing that Jerry Kramer was going to go into Canton while he was still around to be celebrated and cherished, I thought was really special. So he ended up coming to Waukesha, which is about 40 minutes from where I live. So I drove up there to see him. 
I made my Jerry Kramer jersey on and just getting to tell him in person that he was one of my all-time favorite players and what an honor it would be. And, you know, I told him that I'd see him in Canton. So when he signed my helmet, he put Canton on it and then he signed Jerry Kramer. So it was kind of cool when I got it authenticated, you know, after I had met him and they were like, wow, I don't, you know, I don't think that we're going to see too many of these ever that actually say Canton on them. So that's just like a fun memory I have now that he actually signed it to say Canton. And then I got to see him like a week later, actually in Canton. That's yeah, very I got cool. Goosebumps just listening. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, well, I see now. Mine's not. My story is not nearly as great as either of yours, uh, and that's a lot to do with the fact that just looking at both of your walls behind you, I'm pretty certain that on your walls alone, you have more memorabilia than I have as a whole. Um, but I, it was it was kind of an easy one for me to pick, mostly because there's not a whole lot for me to pick from. Um, but it's also something that was very cool, and I, you two will have to help me. I'm pretty certain I have the year right. It would have been Aaron Rodgers' second year as a starter. Uh, was that the year that they opened on Monday or Sunday Night Football against the Bears, and Aaron threw the? Uh, fourth quarter touchdown to Greg Jennings with like a minute to go. Is that? Oh yeah. 2009. Yeah. Okay. So I do have my year, right? Okay. Um, well, so my uncle, uh, is, lives in Illinois and he's a big Packer fan and has a friend who is a, uh, I don't know if he still is, but at the time was an equipment manager for the bears and was actually able to get from the Packers for me, for my birthday, which is in September, the equipment manager from the Bears got me a Packers football that was used in that game. Um, and so that's kind of the cool thing that I have. I have an actual football from an NFL game that was used in a game, and it was gotten for me in the weirdest possible manner that I can think of that you wouldn't think that – a Bears equipment manager would go talk to somebody from Green Bay and be like, hey, can we get one of your footballs, please? Um, so that's, again, it's not nearly as, you know, um, lovely as Jacob's or as memorable as Maggie's, but um, that's something I have in a little trophy case that I have in my bedroom, and uh, my it's got the final score of the game, and... Um, yeah, again, like I said, not nearly as great as the other two here, but uh, that would be mine. And uh, so we also want to talk about autographs because something that you guys both have a lot of is autographs. Do you guys have a favorite? Um, obviously, Maggie, you know, you talked about your Jerry Kramer, which is autographed, obviously, and maybe there's some uh, layover there. But do you have another, like, specific autographed piece of memorabilia that you really enjoy? Um, well, I have two, and I like them. I think, I mean, I like all my autographs, obviously, and the memories that go with them. But, like, two stories uh, really stand out to me. And one of them was getting to meet BJ Raji. And I had an 8x10, so not the jersey behind me. That was a gift from Mark. So we were Husband already the award. We, we were already engaged, so he did not try to buy my love in that moment. Um, he had already done that. <laughs> but <laughs> so that was an eight by ten and I remember getting to meet him and being so excited and I asked him if I could shake his hand and he got like this really big grin on his face because I'm five three on a good day and I put my hand out and you literally could not see my hand anymore. Like when he shook my hand, it just engulfed my entire hand and he cracked up about it and it just 
having that memory was really funny. And then um, Mark likes to wear his Browns hat when we go to autograph signings, and sometimes players will give him a little bit of grief for that. But we got to meet Kenny Clark, and Kenny Clark actually said, oh, my gosh, you're a Browns fan? I've never met one of those before. And he leaned over the table to shake Mark's hand. Like, he didn't acknowledge me. He said hi to me, but, like, he didn't want to shake my hand. He didn't want anything to do with me. He was just like, oh, my gosh, this man is a Browns fan. I need to shake your hand. And then he did the thing where he was like, I think the Browns have a really good team this year. And I think that was – I don't think it was the 0-16 year, but it, it was not a great year. But it was just really great for Kenny to be like, whoa, a Browns fan in the wild. I need to shake your hand. So that – will always be one of my favorite memories because Mark was not expecting it. And Kenny just acknowledging him was fantastic to watch. There you go. And Jacob, I know you've got some, you've got lots of autograph memorabilia. Um, anything in particular that stands out to you? Uh, my issue is that I've spent a irresponsible amount of money on pretty much everything in here. Um, Something I'll tell you, Nick, first of all, that football you have and the irresponsible amounts of money, text me afterwards. Tell me how much you want for it. And maybe we can <laughs> negotiate something. Um, I mean, the the one autograph I have in my basement where someone actually signed it and I watched them do it was Brett Favre. And, but that's something I paid for. So actually the cool story that I want to tell is the time that I met Charles Woodson. And So Charles Woodson is somebody that's been a big figure in my life since I was six years old. He played at Michigan. He's the reason I am a Michigan Wolverines fan. I don't say that out loud to a lot of people, Um, (laughs) mostly because I I just don't really want to hear it from Buckeye fans. That's that's To be fair, nobody nobody wants to hear it from them. We're all in the same boat on that one. Yeah, Sorry, Dan Kotnick, you suck. Um, (laughs) Other than that, anyways – um, what's so he, he's the reason I became a Michigan fan. And I remember freaking out the day the Packers signed him. Cause he's my first favorite player. He won the Heisman trophy. He's the only defensive player to ever do that. He won the national championship. That's the last time Michigan will probably ever win a national championship. I mean, that's a lot of cool stuff that's aged that well. Well, I met him after it was during the 2011 season and they had played, uh, the Tampa Bay bucks and they had won that game to go to 11 and 0, 10 and 0, whatever it was that they, they had an undefeated run through that. And I am very stoic when it comes to some of the stuff. Like I don't get starstruck uh, when it comes to seeing players. I know when I lived in green Bay, there was opportunities and Nick kind of has a story like this one, but you know, opportunities to go talk to players when I saw them at restaurants and green Bay is really a unique community because of things like that. And I won't talk to them because I don't, feel the need to bother them while they're eating while maybe some other people maybe do but with Charles Woodson I was uh it was it was one of those things trying to keep composure just to shake his hand I and I remember I called him Mr. Woodson which is like the weirdest thing that you could possibly (laughs) say because I was an adult at the time um and I just told him that I really appreciated all he had done on the football field and he was my hero when I was a little kid and and those kinds of things. And you mentioned that thing about engulfing your hand. Charles Woodson's got some really long fingers. And I, I swear his middle finger was touching like the middle of my forearm after he shook my hand. Maybe that's like a Paul Bunyan kind of story where it's become more than it was. But I've I've met him a couple times or talked to him a couple times since then. And it's been really cool. I love that Green Bay brings him back and he still comes and does things like that. And Because, he, I mean, honestly, 
he's not one of ours, so to speak. He was a Raider before that, and he finished as a Raider. But to come back through Green Bay as often as he does, he re- I mean, that 2010s version of that, that, that short window where we had him, he was just so impactful. He's the first Packers player to win defensive player. He's the only one, I think, in my entire lifetime to win defensive player of the year, unless I'm missing a year for Reggie White from when I was you know, really young. But, I mean, what's it, it's Charles Woodson, guys. I mean, there's <laughs> there are certain players, too, that, like, I often talk. There are, there are people in the world that when you hear them talk or, like, read words they say, you hear it in their voice. Morgan Freeman, for example, is somebody like that. Charles Woodson is absolutely somebody like that. If I read his quotes, I can hear his voice saying it. So that was a fun little experience, getting a chance to meet him. I've been very fortunate uh, with some of the stuff I've been able to do. But, yeah, shaking hands with Charles Woodson was, a, was definitely a highlight. There you go. I, I, I was probably not nearly as excited as you were, given that you're a Michigan fan. But I was just so happy that when they signed him, that Green Bay actually signed somebody. Uh, it seemed like that was the he was one of the he was the first time in a long time that felt like Green Bay had signed somebody in free agency. But back to me again and again. See, <laughs> like we make I make jokes all the time about why I don't talk as much on this podcast as Maggie and Jacob does, and there's there's good reason for it. I just don't have the stories you guys have. I don't have, like, any autographs. I only have a good story about the time I almost got an autograph, which was when I was, every summer, my family, we would take, uh, our summer vacation was to go up to Door County in Green in, in Wisconsin here, and it's about an hour and a half north of, of Green Bay, so it was perfect. We'd always go in the summer near the end of July, training camp time, and I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know if they still do it. I don't know if it's still a common practice. But back when I was a kid, after training camp, the lower level players, I guess, for lack of a better way of describing it, you know, practice would end and then they'd all walk back to the stadium and, you know, they would sign autographs for people. And and so I did this every year. I would get some autographs of players that I don't, remember who they are uh but the only one that i truly ever regret was i was there uh the year they drafted aaron Rodgers, and i was standing about six feet away from him and could have very easily gotten his autograph and i was he was drafted in what oh five which would have made me like 13 years old and i was convinced that brett Favre was going to be the quarterback in green bay forever until i died because that's how (laughs) kids think and I was like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's never going to do anything in Green Bay. This is Brett Favre's team. I don't need Aaron Rodgers' autograph. And I turned around and walked away and grabbed autographs from players that, you know, obviously I don't remember. And therefore, why would you remember? So uh, that's, that's about my only good potential autograph story. I don't actually have any autograph memorabilia of anything. Uh, but uh, as Maggie and Jacob have pointed out to me about this uh, Waukesha sports card uh, store in Waukesha, which you should check out if you are into autographs. I that's where I understand that Maggie and Jay would get most of their stuff from, and uh, yeah, I might be getting some autograph stuff pretty soon here. So make sure you can check that out. That's a free plug for Waukesha Sports Cards, and uh, but um, yeah, so not something I've typically done. But uh, any other real quick stories, memorabilia that you guys own that you can think of off the top of your head? That I, I mean, I, I guess. I don't know, Maggie, in your household, you know, obviously Mark is a Browns fan. Is it is there only Packer stuff in your household or is there Brown stuff? Any other non Packer related stuff? 
One of our first Christmases together, I got him a Joe Thomas mini helmet. And he's not like a big autograph guy, but he loves Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is his favorite player. So that is in our office um, where all my memorabilia is. We have a Joe Thomas helmet. And then we decided every four years when the Packers and Browns play, we're going to collect. um, I know the Browns have posters. Uh, The Packers would probably be one of their uh, media guides, but we take a picture at the stadium and we frame it with whatever the poster or media guide is with a picture of the final scoreboard. So we also have, it's actually a David Njoku poster um, with a, a picture of Mark and me from that game. It was the Brett Hundley to Devontae Adams overtime touchdown game. Um, so that is also framed in our office. And then in 2021, when the Browns come to Lambeau, we will do the same thing again when the Packers inevitably uh, toast the Browns and I get to celebrate 2-0 and uh, in our office. We're going to start a little wall. Um, but I think of my last memory, and I like autographs. I appreciate them. But to me, it's more about getting to actually meet the player in person, which is why I tend to go to a lot of those signings. Even if I get like two words with them, it's still cool to me to say that I got to meet those players, especially smaller signings I've been to. Um, and I think my favorite example of that, I went to a haha Clinton Dix Devontae Adams signing a couple of years ago. And of course they just funneled you in a line through, you barely got to say anything to the guys, but it was still a cool memory to see them. Uh, but they had a surprise guest and it was Dave Robinson. So I got to meet Dave Robinson and he was fantastic. Like he was so accommodating. He's a, another one of those like true Packers where if you have to think of the perfect representation of Green Bay Packer, it would be Dave Robinson. And he like stood up from the autograph table. He came around and gave me like a hug and we took a picture together and he told me to put on a Super Bowl ring. So we took more pictures, like just a really awesome guy. And then he stayed actually to help facilitate the haha and Devante signing. So you had to go through Dave Robinson to get your stuff authenticated. And then you could go <laughs> see haha and Devante, which he's just a fantastic guy. So that's one of my favorite memories because I didn't think he'd be there. It was a complete surprise, but he was just so personable. Um, and then I actually saw a play a couple of years later in Racine and Dave Robinson was a special guest. It was the play Lombardi and Dave Robinson was signing copies of his book. And I actually wore my Dave Robinson Hall of Fame shirt and he saw my shirt and he inscribed my book um, to an all pro Packer fan. And it just like, <laughs> whenever I think about it, it was just the coolest thing. Like he's, he's one of the best guys. Dave and Jerry were like light years beyond what you would expect to get to meet them. They're just such good people. That's great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And Jacob, anything, I know you, you've got some maybe Michigan stuff. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about your, it sounds like your wife's not too big into sports. Nope. Uh, so probably nothing there, but anything Anything else that sticks out to you? Well, first and foremost, I want to point a couple things because it's kind of interesting Maggie brings that up. So my wife has gone to a game with me every year since we started dating. So our first game was run the table season, uh, Houston Texans. Uh, It snowed. Then it was the Brett Hundley Monday nighter against the Lions and snow flurries. Then she was supposed to go to the Niners game the day after our wedding last year. Well, two years ago now. And she got sick, so she didn't end up going to that game. And so that one we kind of throw out. And then this year we went in mid-November 
for the Panthers game and it snowed. So it snowed every time she's gone to Lambeau field, at least a little bit. Uh, this year we're targeting 11, one against the Vikings. And it sounds like we've got a decent sized crowd ready to come out for that one. So I'm excited about that. Um, my wife has been awesome with stuff like that, but yeah, like I mentioned, essentially how it works is she knows who like the key teams are and she knows I'm happy when they win and she knows I'm sad when they lose. (laughs) Um, but otherwise she has the bleacher report updates go to her phone just so she kind of understands when Jake's at a Packers game and he comes home, what kind of mood is he going to be in kind of thing, (laughs) which honestly I'm not nearly as bad as I used to be years and years ago, but Um, I'm still a little upset when they lose, obviously, but no, I don't have anything signed. Well, I take that back. I do have a few things signed. I have a Jabril Peppers signed Jersey. I have a Jake, Butt signed Jersey. I want a couple of, uh, auctions for those. I don't have this signed and I, I can't get it signed because Bo Schembechler passed away 14 years ago, but it's a picture of him screaming. He's grabbing Jim Harbaugh by the face mask and screaming at him. And it says, those who stay will be champions, which is a famous Bo Schembechler quote. But obviously, I maybe I can get Jim Harbaugh to sign that one day. But yeah, I couldn't really get that completed. That would be pretty cool. Um, otherwise, I mean, honestly, I'm with Maggie. You know, th- those 60s Packers, those guys are like, need to be cherished. I mean, yeah. they really are just like salt of the earth type people. And I'm sure there's a few rotten apples in there too, obviously. But every experience I had, uh, Jerry Kramer... Dave Robinson, Paul Horning. I mean, so many guys that have come through here. The one story I do want to tell, I remember is when the Des Bryant game, Des dropped it. And yes, <laughs> he freaking dropped it. So don't let some Cowboys fan and their bogus ass propaganda try and tell you otherwise. But um, the, that day they brought back the nineties, the nineties Packers teams that always played in Texas stadium and always got their butt kicked. And it was halftime. And they honored the team, and I was standing next to Sean Jones uh, in the end zone. And I basically said, hey, Sean, you know, wouldn't it be great if you guys could have just gotten them here once? And he was like, we would have killed them. Like, (laughs) here, no chance we would have killed them. And that's a feeling that I've often wondered, because I know the fans have always said, if, if that Cowboys team, we would have liked to have seen what would happen if they had to come to Green Bay, because with the scheduling quirks, for whatever reason, it seemed like Green Bay in the 90s always had to go to Texas Stadium in the regular season, and it was a rite of passage. They would lose there, and then they would go to a playoff game against Dallas and get their butt kicked there. Well, the one time that Dallas came to Green Bay was during the Packers' second Super Bowl season, I believe, so that when they lost Super Bowl 32, but that Cowboys team was not nearly the force that it was prior. And, of course, obviously they had an opportunity. Green Bay had won the Mud Bowl against San Francisco, and the crowd was chanting and I'll never forget this. Cause I was a little boy and I'm like five at the time. And one of the announcers points out they're chanting, we want Dallas. And I'm like, no, the hell we don't. They always beat us. <laughs> so I don't now. I would be like, yeah, I want Dallas. Cause that's just kind of the nature. I am. But as a five-year-old, no, I want to watch the Packers win. They always beat us. I don't want them to play down. So Sean Jones confirmed my suspicions that the players believe the same thing we do that, Oh yeah, we would have killed them. And then obviously the rest is history. Aaron Rodgers throws two touchdown passes, throws a dart to Richard Rodgers to win the game, and then Des Bryant dropped a pass that could have given Dallas a chance to take the lead. I'd also like to point out with that game, even if you have a Cowboys fan that says no, Des caught it, 
it's very it's it's always it's interesting that they seem to forget that after that Aaron Rodgers pretty much milked the rest of the clock with four and they they act as if he like dropped it with like two seconds left and the game would have been over. They Aaron, got two for the Packers offense got two first downs and kneeled the clock out inside the thirty. Yeah, Mason Crosby drills a field goal that either ties the game or wins it, pending the two point conversion. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, even if a Cowboys fan wants to give you that, just just you know, Green Bay was now always, I'm angry again. Green Bay was always <laughs> winning that game, but all right, so all right, we we we're a little long on time here, but I got to ask just because I was just thinking about this. I personally, I think I have seen in person one Packers player, and that was a couple of years ago when I first moved here to Green Bay. I happened to notice Mason Crosby out at. Uh, of course. Well, of I, I, course. <laughs> well, no, Annie's still mad at me because I didn't say anything to him. Because first of all, my first impression: I grew up in 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 a well, a, a decently sized town in Minnesota, but I the town I grew up in didn't have professional teams, so you always kind of got used to the idea of like, yeah, professional athletes aren't in my town, so. When I moved to Green Bay, I was just like, yeah, professional athletes aren't here, even though they actually are. So I never go in anywhere expecting it. But I saw Mason Crosby, and uh, he was there with his kid getting Chipotle, which is why I didn't go talk to him. Because <laughs> I was like, he's with his kid. He doesn't need, he doesn't need me coming up to him. Uh, but I do have to ask, since you have both met plenty of athletes in person, is there any athlete that you've met in person that, like, because you always hear about, like, you know, certain athletes are like, oh, yeah, like they look one way on TV. Like they, you think they look big on TV. Wait till you meet them in person. Right. Oh, you, yeah. you, you always, <laughs> okay. So like, so like, I want to know, have you met someone where you're like you saw them on TV and then you met them in person? and You're like totally different. Like it's not like TV can't do this person justice for what they actually look like. Jacob, you look yeah. like you've met at <laughs> least one. Julius Peppers, the most impressive physical specimen I've ever seen. I knew he was big on TV, and then I stood right next to him, and I thought if he sneezed, I would fly across the field. I mean, just <laughs> that big, that long, that fast, that everything. He's the most impressive football player I've ever seen. There's quite a few um, that have come to mind, but Julius Peppers is that way. Um, offensive linemen, there's a few that have come to mind. And Damakong Sue, his legs were about as big as – the goalpost like bottom. I mean, he's a large man as well. Um, I'm telling you guys, it really in the stadium up close, it doesn't do just, I remember the first time I was field level and I heard the pads pop and like it, it's a different game. I mean, it just is. And the amount of pain and suffering and just everything that these guys go through is incredible. But yeah, Nick, to answer your question directly, Charles or Charles Woodson, I see I've got him on my mind, but (laughs) Julius Peppers, is like I said, the most impressive physical specimen I've ever seen. Um, and I will never forget that pick six he had where he had the athleticism to drop into coverage, catch the ball, and then outrun Jarek McKinnon to the end zone. Julius Peppers was a special player, man. I was so, I hated him for so long when he was in Chicago. I was so happy when he came because there's just certain guys that that's a Hall of Famer. I mean, how often do the Packers sign a Hall of Famer? I mean, even when they sign. Z and Preston and guys like that. Those are good signings. Those are great signings. None of those guys we already know. This dude's going to the Hall of Fame. It'd be like the equivalent now if J.J. Watt became a free agent and the Packers signed him, which I still think will happen someday. He'll play his Julius <laughs> Peppers contract in Green Bay. So take that for data. 
Um, but yeah, Julius Peppers is forever my answer to that question. All right. And Maggie, anyone that comes to mind that you've met that just, it's not the same in person. I mean, I feel like mine is not fair because I'm five, three. So everybody looks gigantic when I stand next to them. Um, but it's, I guess I think it's a funny story, but when Mark and I were at the hotel in Cleveland the night before the Browns game, we realized that the Packers are staying at our hotel and we didn't plan that or anything. We just, you know, I posted a picture from our hotel window of the stadium and I think it was Mike Daniels. Somebody tagged me in a player tweet with the same view, but like a couple floors down. So we realized that all the players were in our hotel and, um, we went up to the rooftop bar, super busy, lots of Packer fans, which I realize now that doesn't sound very good, but yes, lots of Packer fans were at the bar. So we got back in the elevator, and as we were going down, um, Mason Crosby, Justin Vogel, and Brett Good, the three of them were in the elevator going to their floor. So uh, I don't remember like who said what, but... Uh, Mason Crosby, somebody made a joke. I think it was Justin, you know, I was like, Oh, are you going to go to the bar before you go back to your room? And Mason was like, nah. And I just looked up at him like way up, you know, cause he's still like a foot taller than me. And I was like, there's a lot of Packer fans there. You'd probably be fine. And he just like looked at me and like smirked and then got off the elevator. And this lady next to me was like, were those Packers? And I was like, yeah, that was Mason Crosby and the rest of the special teams. And she was like, he told me it wasn't him. <laughs> she got off the other. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, so I didn't get an autograph. I didn't. I would never ask like in person like that. But yeah, just amazing. You could go to the bar, and he just he told me it wasn't him. Well, yeah. you know what, Maggie? Though that moment is honestly way better than him signing a T-shirt or whatever you happen <laughs> to have handy. Nick, I do have a Mason Crosby story in addition to add to that if you'd like one. Sure. Okay, so the first game, the first game I ever worked was Packers Giants, 2010. So you guys remember the 45-17 ass whooping before they went to the God. Super Bowl that year. Okay, this is the awesome. third time you've said a swear on this episode. <laughs> I'm trying to give Nick a Nick's bleep button a workout here, but okay. So they beat they beat up the Giants that day, and we have to like stand in certain areas. Like basically, our job is hand the guy their stuff and get out of the way, right? So I'm standing next to the kicking net. And I kind of lose my bearings as to where I'm at. Now it's pretty simple because I kind of have a good feeling for where everything is and everything like that. Well, the punters and kickers during any drive. So basically, if the team is before the 50, the punter is working on punting. If they're beyond the 50, the field goal kicker is working on field goals. Well, the Packers were beyond the 50 and Mason Crosby like kicked the ball and it was like his leg had to have like breezed past my back. Like it was that <laughs> close. And it sounded like a bullet had been shot, like right behind, or like a thunder cloud, or I don't even know what to call it, but it's incredible. Because, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of jokes that, and I make them too about kickers, but like the amount of force that these guys can kick a ball with is incredible. Not only that, but he's kicking a rock. I give Mason Crosby credit. He's always been cool whenever I was telling him, I'll try and stay out of your way, but. You know, that isn't always in the playoffs and stuff when there's a million cameras and everything like that. It's really hard to be out of the way unless you're standing way, way back. But yeah, that's my Mason Crosby story is he scared the crap out of me the first game I ever did. There you go. Well, these have been some really great stories, minus mine, as I am, (laughs) as Annie will attest to, I am not a very good storyteller. 
so I know that I'm not great at telling stories, which is again part of the reason why I don't speak. But uh, yeah, these have been some really great stories, and uh, let us know your your story. If you have any story of meeting a player, uh, if you've met a player in person, where like Jacob shared, where it's like, wow, this person. TV doesn't do justice for this person. Uh, if you have a favorite piece of memorabilia, favorite autograph, if you have a lame autograph story like I do where you were <laughs> so close to just having a great story and then, you know, being a child and blowing it, you know, let us know at Packaday Podcast or you can tweet at us individually. And uh, we have gone way over time here, but thank you for sticking with us. Uh, real quickly as we wrap up here, guys, Jacob, Maggie, people want to follow your work. Jacob, how can they do that? You can follow my work on Twitter. It's at Jacob Westendorf, and you can find me writing over at Packer Report. All right. And Maggie, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. They do that how? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I also write for Cheesehead TV, and I podcast with Perry Goldstein on Packs What She Said. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob, Maggie, for sharing such great stories. Uh, Always great insight. And again, we're getting through this together. Football season's right around the corner. I do believe the Packers announced that they are going to keep things closed until June, I think. But it sounds like they're going to start opening stuff up, hopefully soon for the public. I know they're looking to get players back into the building sometime during June if everything looks good. So as far as all that goes, things are heading in the right direction. Take it one day at a time. Keep tuning in every day to Pack-A-Day Podcast because we will be your entertainment, your storytelling, your ability to laugh at uh, Maggie and the two dumbs. Uh, your choice, but just make sure stay tuned every day to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And make sure you're su- subscribing to the Pack-A-Day Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go pack
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.